boy. Sometimes things just don't work. And it's very frustrating because it works up until up uh, until a specific point, and then it doesn't work anymore. And that specific point is not something that one can necessarily uh, be, you know, ready for. Mm-hmm. And good goodness, I don't like that because <laughs> uh, you're going. Oh no, my my setup. It works perfectly fine. I was just using it. And so then the other people or person or whomever is involved is, you know, checking all of their stuff. And then it turns out, no, actually, this was just you, bro. Um, Yeah. So that was just me, bro. Uh, And I, oh, and the other thing is like, then you don't even know what happened. You don't know what it was that caused the issue. So you just have to go, oh, well, I guess turning it off and back on again is what solved it. Well, yes, I realize that's what solved it. But what I want is I want to hit a button. I want a button on the keyboard. And the button says, the button doesn't say out loud, but is written on it, WTF. And you hit that button and it's there's a printer, a little um, thermal printer. And uh, I was hoping for dot matrix. Can it be a dot matrix printer? It can for for you for you. I will make it a dot matrix printer. Okay, and really it noisy prints one. out. Yeah, it prints out um, the like WTF. It prints out what just happened, what went wrong. Um, and I know I could like export the logs and all that jazz, but I don't know how to find which specific part of the log would tell me what was the thing that caused it to go wrong. And I just think that every, every bit of tech would benefit. Whoops. Um, (laughs) Every bit of tech. That that was me gesturing wildly with a pen in my hand, which then hit against the side of my hydro flask water bottle. um, Who's or uh, yeah. Whose lid is currently not on. And so it made a nice it reminds me of like those uh those big bells that they run mm-hmm. the glass rod around let us begin our meditation wtf um anyway <laughs> i think all technology would benefit from that and we would benefit from all technology having that and then i would at least go oh what happened in this precise moment that caused the audio to not play through my headphones yet still be playing from Zoom because it was showing that it was recording into the audio hijack um, application is that the um, Elgato Wave XLR interface you are using uh, ran into a buffer, I don't know, issue and it needed to be restarted in order to clear the cache and free up the extra space, uh, which then made it so that you could hear through the headphones again. Or it could be, and it wasn't this, I promise, um, you did not plug in your headphones into the uh, you know the, the headphone jack, and it would know that because it can look at sort of the electrical signals of, um, oh, the, it's very low impedance right now, or, oh, the electrical <laughs> signal is getting through well, where it I, needs to. I, I like it when it's low impedance, um, uh, but I think you, <laughs> <laughs> think you meant low impedance. 
Oh, yes, that is what I meant. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's that's what I said. What did you say? <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. I, maybe I was just hearing the wrong thing, but uh got to push that WTF button. Um Yeah. <laughs> I I agree with you. Uh not just not just in this specific case, but I've had many opportunities over the past few weeks where I just wanted to know why something isn't working. Uh and there's no uh there's no output uh, of like an error has occurred nothing not, it doesn't even like say what happened it it just is like there is no problem that is obvious to you other than the output is different or the, mm-hmm. the physical world hasn't done what you were expecting but the uh <laughs> my but, reality is melting <laughs> but according to this computer everything's fine and it's just like i wish <laughs> i wish there was like some other way of of logging this like you said i you can look in crash logs and stuff that are buried in folders but they are often not useful um and there's sort of uh buried so far down uh that they don't uh they're not easy to access and also like mm-hmm. if you don't know if you've o- opened the console but like by the time you have opened the console there's like fifty thousand other messages that yes. are in there and it's just like okay well yes. i could spend the next three How... days sifting through this yeah let me quickly hit stop and then exactly spend the next three days trying to find the precise thing i'm looking for yeah and you know amazon i have to give them credit um they have been a little bit mindful of this uh i think it was two um, sort of yearly events ago that they announced a new feature for the Echoes because they noticed that people uh, would sometimes wonder why the heck um, their Echo just did this, that, or the other. And so they, the feature that they introduced was you can literally say, you know who, A-L-E-X-A, uh, why did you just do that? And then it will look through its own logs and go, oh, the reason that I just activated is because I thought I heard my wake word. Or, oh, the reason why I turned off that light is because I thought you said turn off that light whenever, you know, maybe you meant for it to turn off a different light. Or uh, the reason that I searched for uh, kielbasa sausage is because I thought that's what you said. And then you're like, no, I didn't say that. I said something that sounds a lot like kielbasa sausage that I can't think of in the moment. So, (laughs) I I like that and I love that for everything and just to just to have some some understanding of what went wrong and I think more importantly uh it would save so much time because mm-hmm. just then you restarted your uh call you 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 know left the call and rejoined the call thinking that it could be on your end and I was sat there thinking Oh yeah, this is probably not me because I use this setup <laughs> all the time. Da, 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 da. And this is the first time in a long time that that's happened. So yeah, I just ultimately would like to save time when it comes to troubleshooting tech. And I, at the same time, I also I try to be mindful of because if I were to look back on how many times everything has worked just fine. Uh, That number is gigantic in comparison to the number of times that it has not worked. And so sometimes um, I have maybe noticed uh, from people near and dear to me that something goes wrong with a bit of technology and then they are uh, immediately like, well, all this just 
sucks and none of it works and it never works and it never does this and it never does that and it's always wrong and it's always bad. And then you go, is it though? Because I think, you know, the last 25 to 30 times that you turned on the TV and went to this show and it played through this episode and the next episode and the next episode, you weren't thinking about how it was working. But the moment that the negative thing happens, of course, it's front of mind. It is frustrating and it is something that you think of. But it doesn't mean that it's all bad and broken and should be thrown <laughs> away and we should return to the times of VHS tapes and, uh, oh. I don't know, a CRT monitor or t- televisions and, uh, yeah, it, or projection TVs or what have you. No, I don't think really that is what no. what needs to happen. I think um, maybe it's just that sometimes tech does break and we are more likely to remember those moments than the times when it works. It always entertains me, though, when uh, something goes wrong and J- Jason threatens to get a Samsung Galaxy, and I'm like, that's not really going to fix anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to, go ahead, but you're not going to be hearing about it. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think it's going to solve your problem. But uh, I, I would, I, I, uh, and going back to the thing you said about ALEXA, uh, the thing I've liked is even before they had that, they had the feature where you could go in and see the log of what, the requests were and the output oh, was yeah um, yeah and i kind of i've said this for years i i need that for uh siri because it, it is baffling what it chooses to do and you can't report problems with it the same way you can with alexa where you in the app you can just say did did not do what i wanted it to do or um this is the wrong result or something you can give it feedback based on that mm-hmm. it isn't even that the system had a technical error you can uh provide feedback on something um because of what you were what your expectations were um which is something that you can't do uh with uh apple systems that are always perfect and always work and never have any issues uh (laughs) and uh certainly not the home app um because it it was working flawlessly uh they released that wonderful thing right before the Christmas holiday, which is the peak time that you should release software, I think, <laughs> is when everyone's going to go on vacation for several weeks. Um, and then uh, it uh, borked some people's homes, uh, yours, uh-huh. yours included. Uh, uh-huh. Not mine, though, because uh, I decided not to upgrade. And then I was like, I, I dodged the bullet because I didn't I didn't do it. I am smart enough to know not to not to do the the new thing that might not work. Just like with uh, the iMessage in the cloud thing when that rolled out and then, you know, people got bit. Um, or like when I uh, did the iCloud music library and it, it decided to destroy all of my music. Um, and, you know, you, you can you have those important life lessons where you're just like, uh, I don't need to be the first person to do this thing. Um, but then, uh, unfortunately... Uh, that smugness came back to bite me because my automation stopped working in my home regardless of the decision not to do that. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, and so every day at, al- at uh, 11 p.m. when a light should turn off uh, and the automation is enabled for that light, uh, it doesn't do it. And I don't know why. And I'm slowly going uh, a little batty about it because it's it's just it doesn't say why it doesn't say why it's not doing it and it works and the app i could turn it on and off i can do whatever but the automation doesn't work doesn't doesn't trigger Ugh. doesn't happen um and it's the old system that was supposed to be working but it's not working anymore and it doesn't say why it's not working <sighs> uh and that's the other thing is 
when you have so many different moving parts, you never know what it is that's actually failing at what point and when. Um, for example, for the longest, I mean, probably, I don't know, uh, two years now, um, I have had issues on and off with adding new um, HomeKit items to my home. And I remember I had like some older uh, gadgets that that were, you know, on older systems. And I just thought, oh, it's because they're so old, they just don't work anymore. Um, and some of those were some of my favorite devices, like the iDevices smart plug. I've always talked about how great that um, plug is. And it was, you know, steadfast and true for so long. And then it just stopped working. Um, and then when I tried to reconnect it, and then it would not work. And it was just frustrating. Uh, so I unplugged those and just stuck with newer devices. Uh, and then I came to found out, came to find out that um, it was an issue uh, regard. So uh, I, I can't remember now. It's been several years ago that Apple added a new uh, feature to HomeKit where you would have um, routers that kind of. So it's uh, it's called HomeKit Accessory Security, if I remember correctly, or something along those lines. And the idea is that uh, for all of the HomeKit enabled accessories on your network. Uh, certain routers would create a sort of um, pseudo subnetwork where these devices would kind of be firewalled off from the rest of your network. And so it's just a little bit of added security. Along with it came um, the ability to filter out what connections these devices could make. So the uh, device manufacturer would have to send a list to Apple saying these are the connections that this device needs to make. And here are the reasons why it needs to make that connection. And so those would be kind of blessed. And then any connections to or from the device that were outside of that list, those would just be automatically blocked. And you could change how much filtering it was doing. It could be that you um, didn't filter it, so you could let any connections come through. Or as I just mentioned, the only the ones that are on the list, the blessed ones could come through. Or you could say, I don't want any uh, outward connections to come through. So in that way, it would only be a local area network device. It would not work uh, with kind of the server side mechanisms that some of these different devices have. And so Eero, uh, which is the uh, routing system that I use in my home, my Wi-Fi uh, routers, uh, was one of the companies that announced that it would be supporting this feature. And so back whenever it came out, I turned it on, of course, and uh, it worked great. I mean, I loved being able to see, okay, only these connections, and here's why each of these are trying to go through, but nothing else is happening. Well, it turns out that something somewhere in some part of the process at some point um, made it so that you could not in like add new smart home devices to your HomeKit home because of this Eero secure feature. And I had no idea. So the whole time, all of these old gadgets that I'm sticking in a drawer after spending a ridiculous amount of time, and in particular, there's a, a light, I mean, a, a, a plug, uh, what am I trying to say? A, a Not an extension cord, but a, oh, a surge protector. Uh, and it's one that has like three outlets on it, and they're all individually addressable home kit outlets. I 
spent so much stupid time trying to restart it. I looked online to like see if if I could find the uh, chip that's inside of it, like the processing chip to see what people said about, oh, you know, if you um, connect these two points uh, and, and not short it, but essentially pull the current out of it, then it will reset uh, everything, you know, pull the juice out of the capacitors, essentially. I mean, I was digging in deep trying to get this thing to uh, work because I figured, oh, there's something wrong with the firmware and it needs to just truly restart and not this fake restart that it keeps doing uh and of course i I would just like to point out no one else would ever discharge the capacitors to try and get (laughs) a smart device (laughs) to work again (laughs) exactly that's what i mean though i was going so far with it because i had done all of the normal stuff that you do the making sure that only the 2.4 gigahertz network is turned on with the wi-fi uh trying it with another 2.4 gigahertz um wi-fi router i mean everything and so i went you know all the way with it anyway um I finally uh, was thinking, okay, maybe there's something weird and broken in my HomeKit setup. And so let me just create a second home, uh, a new home with nothing else in it, and see if I can get it to connect. And frustratingly, that worked. And so I thought, okay, that's what it is. There's just something wrong with this um, HomeKit home that I have. So what I'm going to do is slowly migrate all of my devices over to the new home. Well, then I was going through Reddit looking uh, for a, oh, because I have uh, Lutron Caseta switches and um, the instructions online for it don't uh, explain how to reset the HomeKit setup. It only talks about factory resetting the device, but for some reason it was not like unpairing the HomeKit. But someone on Reddit happened to have the information for how to reset the HomeKit thing. And while I was there, I happened across a post that said, hey, if you have this uh, accessory security feature turned on, this could be causing issues for you. And so I removed the Eero routers from my HomeKit home, turned off the feature, and then I was suddenly able to add these devices. So I went and dug out, I've got this old, old Logi Circle. Um, Logitech doesn't even make these cameras anymore. This Logi Circle HomeKit camera. And it was one of the first to uh, feature HomeKit Secure Video. Um, and I thought this thing was kaput. And for some reason, I was still keeping it because I'm a bit of a tech hoarder. Uh, I plugged it in. I hit the add button. I typed in the code because it's so old that the code doesn't even have like a QR code or anything like that. It's just printed very small on the back of the device. Typed in the eight digits and it connected. And this is the first time in a bajillion years that it's ever connected and it worked just fine. I was so annoyed uh, because all this time, all these little minuscule issues and then all of the work I was doing, all those hours wasted, wasted. And if only I had had a WTF button, then maybe I could have uh, dug through the dot matrix printout and found where it said, where even if it was just like, uh, 
accessory security protocol. And then there was an error afterward. Then I could be like, oh, I should look into the part where the accessory security protocol part is working. <laughs> uh, folks, a live, um, live reaction here. I just got a screenshot from Joe uh, with the page showing in the Eero app, uh, disable HomeKit, <laughs> uh, which will remove the Eros from the Apple Home app and uh, keep everything um back in the uh, you know in the home app itself well yeah no, i got a question so many I, issues i got a follow-up okay, question go though because when you removed your when you turned this off um this was after you'd already migrated to the other home virtual home or was this when you got part of the way through um and what effect did turning it off has because the instructions here say that if you do it um it will uh, make any HomeKit enabled accessories associated with your Eros unresponsive. Remove all HomeKit enabled accessories from your Eero network. Uh, so, like, if you turn this on, are you then? Did you reset up everything again afterwards? What happened? Right. So here, yeah, here's the thing. Um, uh, so there are two ways to go about doing this. There's the, there's the way there's the way there's the way that you are doing it right now, where you're in the Eero app and you've gone into the Discover tab and you've tap, tapped in and you have the Disable HomeKit button. The way that I did it was via the Home app. And in the Home app, if you tap on the settings and then you go into, I think it has uh, hubs and bridges or something like that. Um, I believe that's where it shows the routers. I honestly can't remember, but from there I removed. Uh, the the routers. And so I didn't have all of these warnings about it making the devices go unresponsive and da-da-da-da-da. So I'll be honest with you, I did not pay attention to whether or not the response the devices went uh unresponsive because I was in the midst of um you know, migrating to a new sort of altogether home kit home. But I will tell you um that I was, upon doing this, I was then able to, in that same home, add a new device. And my most used devices would be my um, my Philips Hue devices. I've, you know, I've got lights and stuff everywhere. And from what I remember, those did not go unresponsive. I, I, but what I'm thinking is it could be because those those are all controlled via a hub but to have each individual device connected on its own, I don't know if it would affect that. So um, it, it's funny that you mentioned this because you're actually the second person whenever, because I, I tweeted about this or uh, mastodoned about this and tweeted about it. And uh, another person reached out and said, I heard that if you do that, then you've got to remove everything. Is that the case? Um, and I have to say, I honestly, I do not know uh, if what Eero is saying is true because I didn't remove them that way. And when I removed them via home, the home app, it did not have all of those warnings. Um, but yeah, unfortunately I was already in the middle of moving to a new home anyway. And now I, I, I would, as a, as a, as a person who uh, helps people with technology, I would be happy to do that test but I'm not doing it right now because I've reset this home and set up everything like three or four times now. Uh, and so it's going to, I need a little bit of time before I feel uh, I have the patience to do things over again. What you um, need is for something else to go wrong that makes you do it yes, again. Cause you're not going to yes. do it again just for no reason. <laughs> exactly. That is precisely right. But uh, I will tell you that I have no plans to add my Eero routers back to 
um, my HomeKit Home. And in fact, if you go to Apple's uh, list of HomeKit accessories and you click on router, Eero isn't listed there. It used to be, but it's not listed there these days. The only one that is there is the Linksys Velop. And it could be because of uh, Amazon owning Eero. Like there could be something there to it. I don't know. But it is odd that, um, and I'm going to well, go there now. The, yeah, the, the Linksys Velop was the, it, I think it is maybe still, the only mesh network that they they sell inside of Apple stores. Um, mm. So I don't know if that is perhaps... That could be playing, yeah, part of it. The, the um, retail position that they have. Um, because that doesn't make any sense. Because my era is connected, so... Yeah, exactly. I, no, it totally yeah. works. Or, well... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it sort of works, I guess. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the problem, too, is I can be a very good scientist, but... I am, when I'm doing things sort of personally, I am often not a very good scientist, meaning that I don't have control groups. And so I find myself, you know, when I'm trying to fix things, I'm throwing everything uh, with with some level of, of, of step-by-step process. But, you know, it, it could have been that uh, updating to the new framework um at the same time as having the Eero routers turned on with the accessory control is what caused my my issues. It could be that um, having some home bridge devices along with the accessory security caused my issue. It could, you know what I mean? There's so many different yeah. uh, tiny little things that could have played a role in it not working. It could even be the stuff that I had for the longest time where, you know, Find My wasn't working uh, for me. And then that finally kicked through. You know, there could still be some sort of things stuck in my keychain that has to do with authorizations that was causing the issues. But by just deleting it and starting fresh, that has um, something in that process uh, has solved it. And again, the one test that I did do in the proper scientific method was removing those Eero routers and trying it with that home at the time that up to that point had caused me so many issues and being able to add uh, devices to it. That was the that was what told me for sure that it was the the Eero thing. And I mean, Eero came out with a firmware update recently or a software update at the very least. And it specifically calls out um, that they were addressing the problems. But I installed that update and I was still having the problems. Uh, it was, yeah, Eero OS 6.13.3, which was released on December 7th. And one of the line items quote, fixed an issue with HomeKit secure router that prevented HomeKit accessory setup. And actually, I think that might have been, I don't think it was a Reddit thread. I think that's what clued me into it was that um, update. And I said, wait, what? This was stopping HomeKit accessory setup? Let me go turn that off and see what happens. And then it worked. And I thought, (laughs) (laughs) well, what you really need is a control home. Um, You know, you need a control home so that way you can just execute different, you know, things on each one and go back and forth between your houses to, uh, yes, to examine you're the results. So right. Why don't I have a control home that's like it's um, disconnected from the world? Uh, what is that term? Is it just firewalled? I feel like there's a better term than that. Whenever they're talking about like a computer that's completely disconnected from everything. 
Uh, oh, God, there's a good term. Off the grid. Ice boxed. Uh, That's yeah, not I, it. No. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. But uh, you, you've uh, sandboxed. Um, no, you've got. Uh, uh, you need to have just like a variety of of things to test with. Like you said, it, there's no clear thing because the way these things are interconnected is also not completely transparent. Uh, like what I was exactly. showing you. Exactly. With the disable HomeKit thing, where it has that scary warning about how it's going to yeah. destroy your network, and then inside and then of it doesn't do that on the other side, yeah, b- from the home app. And in my home app, there are options for uh, all of the uh, routers as accessories: the the uh, Eero Pro and the two Eero Beacons. Um, and then there's also HomeKit accessory security as a toggle switch. Impose network security settings for HomeKit accessories. It's a binary choice. Um, and then there are accessories uh, where you're setting the policy for uh, manufacturers that have devices in your home. And curiously, I have Belkin for my Wemo plugs, and I have SDI Technologies for the iHome plugs. And then there's nothing else for my other HomeKit accessories including my Eve weather stuff or my Nanoleaf uh, light bulbs, um, which would be two other companies that should be in this list. So does that mean that they are not inside of the HomeKit accessory security grid? Are they unfirewalled? Are mm-hmm. they mining Bitcoin right now? I don't know. Oh, God. <sighs> like, I added the accessories through the Home app. So wouldn't they be there? But you don't know why, because these connections are not evident um, in any way, shape, or form. So uh, that's neat. Uh, I love that for me specifically. Um, (laughs) And uh, when I was in here trying to diagnose this problem the other day, uh, I noticed a a thing that just kind of set me off a little, um, is that one of the updates for the iOS that was dumped before Christmas is that you have uh teach siri your voice um and it, there's a big oh, pop-up yeah. that comes up when you open the home stupid app stupid pop-up and i was just like but i don't want to do that like now or ever really i'm in here to diagnose the uh various automation issues that are inside of my home right now and uh dismissing it just puts a enormous uh black <sighs> bar on the top of the home so app stupid uh just to advertise with the fact no that X. you can do it yeah you just, with no way to remove it it's so stupid and it's just like is this here because it helps me or is this here because it helps someone at apple and i feel like it helps someone at apple and doesn't do anything for me because i don't have home pods i don't have any confusion over whether or not my Siri is doing something versus Jason's Siri. Um, there's no issue with that because it's a, we have separate devices. Uh, so this doesn't apply to me at all. Uh, and I don't want to use it. Um, but you can't <laughs> dismiss it. You can't get rid of it. You can just continue. Um, and it's just, I, I someone's priorities are a little out of whack when they're doing that. Because now anything I do inside of the home app has that as the f- well not the first thing it first says my home which is constructive uh if i only have one home and then it has the array of things like climate which is a fan which doesn't make any sense because this is a temperature thing it's not uh, there's no propelling force moving air um then there's lights and speakers and tvs and then there's the big black box for teach siri your voice and then underneath that you have scenes and then favorites and then finally you get down to switches and it's like why 
is almost everything that I could control off of the screen. <laughs> what 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 point does that serve uh, to, to push everything away? And I, this also reminds me of another peeve of mine. Um, like we discussed in the previous episode, I have a scene called Christmas. And my scene that does Christmas turns on the Christmas tree and turns on the uh, the light uh, garland. Um, it's a light up garland thing. And so those are both plugged into two separate smart plugs. And I push a button, they turn on, I can say, you know, hey, bleep, turn on Christmas, and then it happens. Um, but if you say, hey, bleep, turn off Christmas, uh, bleep can't turn off scenes. Bleep can only turn on scenes. Oh, brother. Um, which is bleeping stupid. Uh, so, <laughs> you, but you can, you can push that scenes button inside of the home and app will and it will, it. Yep. it will toggle it off. And it's just like, how, how, how do you not do the, did no one test this? You said it that works for turning it on, bad. but it doesn't work for turning <laughs> it off. No one checked. Um, but uh, now I also have that scenes thing. I, you can't, uh, you can rearrange the order of these things. So I'm going to move it to the bottom um, after this festive season has come to a conclusion, uh, probably this weekend. Um, except you can't seem to, where is it? You can move the uh, sections. So I can move scenes all the way to the bottom if I never want to use scenes again. And that's one way of archiving my Christmas scene. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't have it just sitting there at the top for the rest of the year. But uh, there's still no way to like retire something uh, like seasonally, like we discussed before. Um, I can't just say like, no, these are unplugged on purpose uh, instead of like a network issue. Um, so I don't know. It's just this. This I think we were. I think we had. We had. We were sold a bill of goods on the home app uh, this year because mm-hmm, at WWDC mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we've revised the home app. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And there's a whole new architecture that's going to be coming. And then first we got the app when iOS 16 shipped, and then later on we got that architecture right before Christmas that destroyed people's homes and has been removed. Um, <laughs> and then now it's just like, well, what did you, what is the benefit that I've received from this? You've just moved things and I have another ugly thing in here that I can't do anything with. It, it didn't actually like change anything about how I live my life. Um, and the switch controls I think are worse um than what they used to be i don't yeah i don't like the new way of doing it where the icon is what turns it on and off and the other part is how you like make adjustments to things it it, i think mostly that's just because i've got the muscle memory for the other but Mm -hmm. um yeah it is it's it's different and i don't like it (laughs) no what what bothers me is like you open you've got the thing where if you tap the uh the little, like, let's say there's the light, for example, it's called dresser lamp. And it, there's a little circle with a light bulb. If you tap the little circle with the light bulb, it will turn the light on or off. However, if you tap the other part, it opens the switch. Uh, and what I mean by opens the switch, it opens an enormous view that is just a switch where you <laughs> slide the switch. You can't even tap it. You have to slide physically slide it up to turn it on and off. And I don't, what, what is the screen real estate sales pitch for that? And then down at the the little bottom of the corner is the little bicycle gear. And you tap that and then it has all of the other options. Um, So like, 
come on. You can you can also like scroll down if you do it like real fast. Then it's like ah, oh, the momentum of this means you actually want something else other than an enormous switch. Um, but it's still stupid. It still has naming conflicts with things. Um, like I don't know if that's something that's supposed to be improved with a new architecture or not. But uh, for goodness sakes, uh, I, I called nothing the, is improved. With the new I, called, architecture. I called the new uh, nano leaf light bulbs that I got um, between our last session and this one. I called them a uh, floor lamp uh, and put them together as a pair. Um, and then it's just like, well, you're screwed now because you had something <laughs> else named floor lamp, and it's like, but that doesn't it doesn't exist anymore. Um, so anyway, it's just, it's, it's dumb. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's like Honestly, these completely different lights. <laughs> and the more, the more I use this stuff, the more I really do think that smart home stuff is a mistake. <laughs> yeah. It's a mistake. It's all a mistake. And it's a mistake I continue to make. And I, I guess that means that I'm a fool. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, I think it's good to have optimism about this because you're not you you it is the ideal to have these things work yeah and so there's no, nothing foolish about that the the part that i think is foolish is we kind of expect when these things ship that they'll work uh and i think that that's the part we probably need to modify our expectations of um you know, because I, I think that... Yeah, it takes time for it to all settle in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's unfortunate that even though there's so many cycles with the public beta and stuff like that these days, and matter, you know, in in through the various companies has been, in, you know, beta testing for so long, um, that even when you say, like, hey, 1.0, shipping, we're ready to go, ship, 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 um, that it's like, well... <sighs> did everyone do this because you said it would be ready by the end of 2023 and you didn't actually thoroughly test anything yet? Or is it just like you actually tested it and you think this works? Cause now you've tainted, um, my expectations for bright, <laughs> bold future of matter. Um, which is not just an Apple thing is it, part of the sales pitch. And so it's just like, well, now is this like a problem if I go with any other smart home thing? Is it, is it like, going to just be my apple stuff like if i leave uh and get my samsung galaxy as jason threatens to do and i get my samsung smart things hub home um is it is it going to work uh or is it going to be like this sort of ui mystery box disaster piece theater of uh what we have with the home app i don't know I don't want to find out because I don't want to move anything. No, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Uh, Is it it, um, Jenga? Mm -hmm. You just don't want to touch it. Don't touch it. It's a house made of Jenga. A house made of Jenga. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And on that bright, optimistic, and cheerful (laughs) note about our future, uh, do you have anything positive to close us out with? Anything... uh, uh let's see it is a new year you're right mm-hmm. um you have an animal fact um animal fact animal fact <laughs> bring it's that back for animal facts um yeah so there's it this is kind of wild um i don't know if you've ever seen uh this photograph but if you go to images.google.com 
and you type in, let's see, let's go with antler shedding. Um, and you can type in antler shedding moose, or you can just type in antler shedding. Um, you will see some horrifying images of uh, the scariest thing in nature, if you ask me, and that is um, that antlered animals, uh, particularly uh, like moose and deer and re- probably reindeer, uh, I'm not, although I'm not sure, so don't quote me on that, um, they actually shed the velvet from their antlers uh, regularly. And the, what happens is this sort of velvet falls away and underneath is this red blood covered, um, you know, I guess it's bone that makes up the antlers. And then, uh, these just hanging flaps of velvet that fall to the ground. But what has kind of been an ongoing, you know, uh, question is why exactly, uh, animals do this. And there's a, a National Geographic article that published today that talks about um, why they they shed their antlers. Um, because the, right now there's this viral video of a uh, moose um, sort of shaking its head back and forth it, or whipping its, let's go with whipping its hair back and forth um, <laughs> as it is attempting to and then successfully does. And I will uh, include a link, although it is annoyingly long because it's trying to include a bunch of, um, this is where you got this link anyway, uh, UTM properties. So, uh, that video has kind of gone viral, uh, and has resulted in people kind of going, why in the world is it doing this? Um, so I didn't know, I am quite literally learning along with you all right now. Um, I didn't realize that moose are deer. Uh, turns out moose are the world's largest deer species, and I didn't realize that they were deer. So that's cool. Um, let's see. So many people, I'm going to quote from the article, many people use the words horns and antlers interchangeably, but there's actually a big difference between these headsets. Horns, which adorn rams and goats and cows and other mammals, are part of the skull itself, and they never shed. They're made of keratin. Um, and horns are actually dead. Uh, so they just get larger every year as material is added onto the base of the skull, uh, and therefore the base of the antlers. Um, now those of course are lifeless antlers are actually alive. And while they are growing, they're warm to the touch. Uh, they are quote, highly vascularized tissue. And they grow from spring to summer's end. Um, And of course, what we know about uh, moose is that most of the time, the uh, antlers, again, which are very much alive, are covered in uh, velvet, uh, which is kind of like a fuzzy skin. And underneath all this velvet are veins that are full of blood. They feed the antlers with calcium, with phosphorus. Uh, and other nutrients that help the the bone grow. Um, but in order for those antlers to become their true selves and to see out their potential, uh, the velvet on the outside dies, and then the animal scrapes it off. And then underneath are these beautifully um, formed, 
almost uh, butterfly-like uh, bone uh, growths that are on their heads. Um, it says that uh, antler growth, which is also called antlerogenesis, if you are curious, uh, is actually the fastest growing growing tissue that uh, mammals have. So you can, <laughs> this is, oh, this is kind of gross because I cannot imagine being around long enough to see this. If you were to spend 24 hours with a, uh, or even f- fewer than 24 hours, if you were to spend a day with a uh, moose, you could see the antlers grow an inch. So, <laughs> ugh, at the height of the uh, antlerogenesis, which is during the summer, Antlers grow nearly an inch every single day. Um, so that would be a fun, what is that called? Uh, time lapse to see. Although I guess they probably don't sit still long enough for that. No. You have to like have them in a, a facility and do that just, there. Uh, Blair Witch Camet, um, just mount it to the, the base of the skull or something. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. I'll hop on that, um, but I won't <laughs> hop on the moose because that's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it turns out that a lot of people think that because of rams and uh, other creatures that have horns, because they use them for weaponry, uh, a lot of people think that antlers are weapons. But in fact, they're almost exclusively just peacock feathers in essence, not actuality. Uh, Metaphorical peacock feathers, not actual peacock feathers, uh, because they are an example um, or like an actual, you know, uh, what do you call that? A a touchstone. And maybe that's not the right word. But anyway, they are a thing uh, at which the female moose can look and go, ooh, that is one healthy male who I think might produce more healthy children. And so you got the bigger um, antlers and you means you have the, you know, more robust uh, DNA and therefore the lady moose will uh, be interested in making more children with you. So you're saying um, size does matter? Size does matter when it comes to meese. Um what is also interesting is that m- moose will like dueling is very rare among moose. Um, and that is because it can be incredibly dangerous because as we talked about, you know, this, these are living most of the time, these, uh, antlers. And so losing an antler can be very dangerous and deadly for a moose. And, uh, also of course, these, uh, antlers can puncture, different parts of the body. Um, now, uh, let's see. Uh, once the, the breeding season is over, then they don't really need their antlers. Um, and so, uh, I'm trying to read here. So this is interesting because um, it is actually the case that they need to not keep their antlers because if they grow together, they can become locked together and then they die from uh, starvation, from injuries, all sorts of things uh, due to the antlers becoming locked together. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, no. I, my bad. That is not exactly – I thought that they meant they grew together. No. What can happen is if some um, 
males get into a battle with one another. They can become locked together. And although you might be thinking, oh, how romantic, it is not romantic because they will die. Uh, there's actually a uh, another National Geographic article showing two bull moose who um, became frozen together as they were locked in combat, they got frozen together under the ice. Uh, so it's very dangerous for them to keep their antlers, um, and they uh, can get them caught on branches, tangled up in fencing, Christmas decorations if they live near humans. And so they will actually um, get rid of them. It says, as the days become shorter, male uh, moose bodies stop producing as much testosterone, which triggers a demineralization at the base of each antler, uh, where the pedicle is. And so then the grip of the pedicle loosens up. And then even just by shaking the head or potentially getting uh, into a fight with another uh, male, then they get knocked off and they get up again, meaning that they grow back uh, (laughs) come next mating season or at the start of next mating season. So yeah, um, I didn't realize that not only do they shed the velvet on the outside of their antlers, but they also shed their antlers and start over every time. Um, So just imagine growing all of that and then having to do it all over again every year. The closest I can think of is like clipping my fingernails and then waiting for them to grow back. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot of work. Mm. Not me, the moose. Right. Yes. And I also don't have velvet on my fingernails. Thank God. (laughs) So yeah, um, it's it looks horrifying uh, when you see, especially a deer. Um, for some reason, it's worse with deer. I don't know why. There's this uh, kind of f- famous uh, photograph that has this deer with its um, velvet like hanging limply on. Yeah, no, and no. I won't. I won't go into more detail. Um, but it looks. So scary and so gross. And uh, no, there's nothing wrong with the deer. It's just doing what it does every season and everything is fine. Uh, Yeah. Now I'm thinking about pedicles. As you do. As As one does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, like (sighs) a moose going into the winter, Uh uh, we Uh shall shake off our headsets uh, and uh, go, go off. For the rest of the season till well, yes. not, two weeks-ish from now, two to three, maybe four weeks from now. <laughs> we'll see. Wow. I can feel the yeah. pedicle holding my headphones in place, loosening Ugh. as we say goodbye <laughs> to one another. <laughs> goodbye, Micah. Loosen your pedicle. <laughs> goodbye. 